the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Good morning. Welcome in to Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and much, much more. Happy February 3rd. Year's already 1-12th done. Flies, doesn't it? How's your portfolio looking? Have you looked at your portfolio? Are you afraid to look at your portfolio? Have you changed the diversification? Now, I'm not some nut just yelling to yell. That is not my goal. My goal is to get your retirement, and you do have to look at your portfolio, and you do have to realize that uh, that's important, and ignoring it is at your own peril, so to speak. A couple things to take a look at. we got the Dow up 137, the NASDAQ's up 34, the S&P 500's up 14. Stocks are jumping after jobs growth surged. Unemployment fell to 8.3%. Now, that's intriguing, because remember yesterday when we started Wednesday when we saw the ADP employment report, there weren't that many jobs created. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. That's really going to work in favor of creating a little bit more confidence and creating a little bit more go, go, go for President Obama. If he can get, not he, if the economy can get an unemployment scenario where we're down to seven and a half, seven percent I think a lot of people would be very, very happy. So stocks and commodities are rallying on that jobs number. That's the first thing that we need to know. Next thing that we need to know is um, employment reports. It is a market mover. So reports today encouraging out of Europe for their purchasing managers index. There's been a batch of mostly better than expected earnings results. Greek debt swap negotiations continue to drag on. Every week we think maybe this will be the weekend where they finally come to terms. They're going to come to terms on something or the debt holder is going to lose everything. Non-farm payrolls increased by 243,000. Okay, I'll go slow on this so we can kind of digest it. Non-farm payrolls. We don't really care about the farmers. Consensus expectations were there. They would increase by 155,000. We've got a 243,000 jump. That's a pretty big mistake. Non-farm private payrolls increased by 257,000, which means we probably lost some government workers. The unemployment rate fell two-tenths of a percent. The average work week was unchanged. 
The average work week is 34.5 hours. Now, that's interesting. Once you get to so many hours, that's when overtime starts kicking in. That's when management doesn't want to see your face anymore, so they hire somebody else. So we do pay attention to these numbers. Because if they start creeping up to over 35, that's when we start hiring more. So the increase in earnings and payrolls led to a four-tenths of percent increase in aggregate income levels. That's pretty strong consumption growth right there. The job gains were fairly broad-based. Manufacturing and construction payrolls rose by 50000 and 21000 So manufacturing up 50000 construction up 21000 Strongest growth was seen in the professional and business services up 70000 The employment population radio held steady at 58.5%. The labor force participation rate slipped a little bit. The number of unemployed dropped to 12.8 million in January from 13.1 million in December. These are, don't you feel good? Like, don't you want to go out and go to Mexico and order some huevos rancheros? Por favor, dos cervezas. The U6 unemployment rate, which accounts for marginally attached workers, dipped from 15.2% down to 15.1%. The headlines from the January report are going to play very well for the general populace in media reports, and it should be effective in lifting some you know, consumer confidence, like I said. Unemployment's starting to dip. There's a big difference between 9.5% and 8.3%. Gasoline will start going a little bit higher. People will you know, start going, having a, a little bit better of a time, tipping waiters and waitresses a little bit more, freeing up some cash for that construction project. Headlines are going to play very, very well right now for the Obama administration. Now, the unemployment rate's still far too high, but the trend is what resonates on a campaign trail. Things are getting better. Don't vote me out yet. Give me a couple more, a couple more years, and let my policies really sink in. Have you set politics aside? The improving trends in the labor market should play quite well for the equity markets, which is pretty cognizant that the labor market is one of the most important dynamics in the terms of U.S. economic outlook and earnings. So we got a nice reassuring boost. The relative value arguments for equities is is still there. The January employment report helped. So the markets are moving higher this morning. And again, we feel pretty good with that. I hope you feel good with that. Let's take a quick look uh, at the numbers. We got the Dow up 151, sitting up 1.2%. The NASDAQ's up 39, sitting up 1.3%. The S&P 500 up 16, sitting up 1.2%. A couple other things that we need to uh, pay attention to this morning, in my opinion. Keep in mind, you're allowed your opinion, I'm allowed mine. A week that's seen a quarter of the S&P 500 report, quarterly profits are going to start to slow down now. But Beam, Clorox, Estee Lauder, Simon Property, Tyson Foods, Weyhauser are all reporting numbers this morning. Edwards Life Science is a stock to watch. They beat earnings expectations with their fourth quarter profits, but giving current quarter guidance that's lower than expected. That's one of those things at Wall Street. You could say in the last quarter I cured cancer, but my earnings are going to be lower this quarter. And Wall Street doesn't much care for you. 
It's not what have you done for me in the past. It's what will you do for me going forward. Other big stories out there, Vertex Pharmaceuticals, they could get a little positive pop. They reported profit of $0.86, cents, well above expectations of $0.70. Cents. Revenues beat on a wide, uh, by a wide level. Digital River, they saw after jobs of 7.5%. Uh, it reported its quarterly profit of $0.45. Cents. The company's current quarter guidance was short of expectations. NetSuite is in the news today. They beat earnings expectations. Strong demand for the company's data and customer relationship software. Uh, Acme Packet, they're down 14% in after hours. They had a fourth quarter profit of $0.26 cents a share, falling well short of expectations. Floor, they're raising their quarterly dividend by 28%, from $0.12.5 cents to $0.16. Cents. That's pretty impressive. They added a new CEO from the chair... Uh, it elected CEO, David Seaton, to be also chairman of the board, which I tend not to like. I tend to like management to have a little separation of power and state, but it's not that important to me, but I do pay attention to it. So we have a positive day. We're having a nice week. Orders to the U.S. factories are rising. The ISM services gauge rose to a 56.8 reading. Any number over 50 shows expansion. It's moving in the right direction. Fifth straightly weak increase on Wall Street. Were you expecting such a hot start? One interesting thing to come out of the Facebook uh, talk this week. No women on their board of directors. That is a disconnect with reality. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and much, much more. Please don't be shy. I, uh... I dig, I dig you. You're listening to AM 1220, KDOW. Call Rob Black now, 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and much, much more. We could talk anything that you want to talk about in when it comes to investing. What is a board of directors? What should I be thinking about for my retirement maybe that I'm not thinking about? How are things going in the world of investments, the economy? We have a stronger day to start today, which is nice to see. Keep in mind, I don't put 
all the value of the world in that, but it is nice to see. Um, do you travel on a bargain? I did a seminar last night where one of the things we talked about was uh, I was talking to a gentleman who was my wife. When we hit retirement, she became a travel agent. And that can become very, very expensive. Do not doubt for one second. That can become very expensive. So um, where do I go with that? you got to watch your cost. In retirement, you don't have the ability to go back and earn more money. Typically, when you stop working, it's tough to get back up and going again, just mathematically. It's tough to find someone that's going to help you out. It's tough to find someone that's going to give you a break. So talk to some seniors who, you know, if they've ever seen uh, any sort of age discrimination. So to be a good person with money, you have to get some basic lessons. You know, number one, you have to have a budget. I say this every day. You're going to the church, Rob Black. This is part of my sermon. You got to get your spending under control. You got to know what you're spending money on. It can be quite humiliating to learn that you have a drinking problem. It can be quite humiliating to learn that you have a restaurant problem. But until you do, you really can't start saving enough money to do things right. You have to look for this kind of stuff. A couple other issues out there need to make a budget. A couple other issues out there need to make a budget. Um, how do you do it? There's a good website, mint.com, M-I-N-T.com. And the biggest challenge with mint.com is it takes a little bit of maintenance work in the first couple of months to start for it to see, like, when you're hitting Holly Market, are you getting gas or are you getting beer and chips? you got to set priorities if you're going to be successful with money. How much are you going to save? How much are you going to spend? What's your goal? What goal do you pursue first? When I was 18, I was dating the, the lovely and talented Juliet and uh, met her father. And she, he said, Rob, you're going to have debt your whole life, so get over that. Now, I, I don't necessarily totally agree with that, but I don't necessarily totally disagree with it. So I service my debt, and I'm good with that. I don't prepay my mortgage. I fund my retirement first. I don't panic about having my mortgage paid off because it's low cost of money. It doesn't readjust for inflation. Amazing. Even though my wages go up every year, my mortgage doesn't. So you can set some priorities. You you got to get a grasp on all of this. You're going to have debt. You're going to have to accumulate money for your nest egg. You're going to have to have money to cover an emergency. It stinks when there's an emergency. You know, I don't have a clear-out valve at my house. So at some point in time, you put the wrong thing down the drain, and it's going to be four or $5,000. So when I can afford it, I'm going to, you know, put in a brand-new driveway and put in a brand-new clear-out valve. I think that's what it's called. I don't know my technical plumbing words. My board op... Please don't call me producer. Call me a board op. Uh, he's Italian, so he probably knows clean out valve, clean out tunnel, clean out something. You know, the thing that takes your poopy from the toilet to the sewer. 
So some basics of investing. You got to have a, a investment vehicle. It, typically, you want one for retirement, and typically, you want one for the current world. Say, let's say you're going to buy a house or a boat or send your kids to college. You have different investment vehicles for each. You don't just have one giant bank account. So you have to start understanding that there's tax-efficient investment vehicles. We have them for retirement. We don't necessarily have tax-efficient vehicles for buying a new boat. So you may have three or four different accounts at Fidelity or Vanguard or TD Ameritrade. When you invest in stocks, you have to learn that it is not a short-term game. It is a long-term game. You cannot just do it blindly and, and be done with it. I was talking to my co-host at Mevio, and we do a lot of internet work together. And she's like, I got some stocks at Fidelity, but I don't know what they are. I'm like, that's so cute. Um, and then we were talking about the IPO for Facebook. And she, I go, do you even know what the word IPO means? She goes, no. She's like, integrated parts. Like she, It's funny, right? It's not that funny. Um, but yeah, she had an account that she didn't know what was in it. That's totally a you know, shame, 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 shame kind of thing, right? So it takes some work. Most people are better off with mutual funds. In my opinion, most people are better off with index funds. In mutual funds, you could add spice. It's like you need pasta. You need chicken. You don't have to have salt and pepper and gravy, but you need salt. You know, you add those components later on. You need water, but down the road you add a you know, premium margarita. That's where stocks come in. That's where you buy shares of Apple. That's where you buy shares of China in a mutual fund. But you've got to start out with a lot of index funds to cover your bases. Basically, what I'm having you do is I have you build a baseball team of a lot of 250 hitters and good fielders. And those are called indexes, small cap, mid cap, large cap, international, and some sort of income. And then as you get good at this, you go, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to upgrade my, my international I'm going to bullet shot it into Asia because I think Asia is better than, than Europe. Internationally, Europe, Europe can kiss my butt. You want China. You want Asia because you want that because you hear reports on it. You see it. You've been there. So you got to start with a basic team and then you can upgrade it. And that's why index funds are awesome. Or as I like to say, awesome blossom. You know, I actually don't like saying that. Uh, debt can kill you because typically debt costs a lot of money. Now, mortgage debt's cheap money. College debt's cheap money. I like that debt. That's good debt. Yum, yum, yum. Bad debt, credit cards. Bad debt, store cards. Any debt over 8%, you pay off first. You listen to Rob Black and your money. Find me online at Rob Black Show. Find me at YouTube, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show, AM 1240, KDOW. AM 1220, KDOW traffic. Take more than the recommended dose.
Phone lines are now open. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. So, something I totally believe in is that there's a very fine line between social media and just wasting your life. I find that most people who use Facebook are just wasting their lives. You may disagree with me, and I understand that. One of the things I think we need to do is, sometime in the next three years, as an investor, you go, sometime in the next three years, Iran might have a nuclear weapon, and they might turn into... The next Iraq. Remember, ten years ago, we were like, "Oh, that crazy Saddam Hussein—he's developing weapons of mass destruction. We have to go in there and mess him up. We are going to mess him up this weekend." What I think we should have done with Saddam Hussein is we should have developed an Angry Birds program, where we just start bombing Angry Birds into Iraq, because America gets that. America doesn't really get weapons mass destruction. I don't know if you've ever been in the Middle East. I used to live in the Middle East. And I can tell you, in my opinion, I think there will be a day where Israel's blown off the map. It's a part of the country where they've been throwing sticks and stones at each other for thousands of years. And as soon as they want to throw nuclear weapons, they're going to throw nuclear weapons at each other. I'm not sure if it's Iraq that's going to be on the planet or if it's going to be Israel that's going to be on the planet. I would imagine that in my lifetime, one of them are gone. So, how do I explain that to you and make you feel good about it? Well, the pig have stolen our little birds and our little eggs. And the pig is Iraq or Iran. And they're not playing very nicely. They're not playing with the UN. Saddam Hussein could still be in power if he played along with the UN. He didn't want to. And away he goes. So we're going to send the angry birds at them. We're going to take you down. So Madonna, she's got a, 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 a wounded leg. She's got the big Super Bowl coming up this weekend. And ultimately what she's doing, in my opinion, is she's giving us a preview of next year's Lady Gaga halftime show. You know what I'm saying? I think you do. So, Mitt Romney. It's pretty funny. The He makes one comment about the poor and how we're on it as the media. The media just, we desperately want a good story. But the media also wants to know, you know, is Syria in a civil war? Is Demi Moore too thin? Is Kim Kardashian a must-have life? We are looking to fill 10 minutes here. We're looking to fill 10 minutes there. See, I just felt filled 10 seconds. So taking a look, stocks are jumping today after jobs growth. Unemployment fell to 8.3%. You know, one of the problems with unemployment numbers is, is how you pull up the survey. And there's been, how shall we say, allusions to it before 
that certain presidents will pull unemployment numbers in more positive areas to get more positive readings. Let's take a quick look at the numbers. The Dow is up 145. The Nasdaq's up 40. The S&P 500 is up 17. Let's bring in certified financial planner, Chad Burton. Welcome in CFP, Chad Burton. I'm Rob Black. Uh, Chad, you're a financial planner. People can find you at newfocusfinancial.com, newfocusfinancial.com. In, in my book, I wrote a chapter called Home Equity Loans Are for Losers. And the reason I did that was I wanted to point out that home equity loans are basically a line of credit and you can actually get into trouble with them with, with where you put that money, why you're spending that money. I want to talk a little bit about this because I, I think it's, although not a popular trend today, it is something that people view incorrectly. The home is not a piggy bank. Yeah, and we'll cycle through a trend like that again sometime in the future. You know, we went through a debt bubble. It'll take 10 years, but people forget about it and it'll probably happen again. Um, it's it's one of those things where, first of all, most banks aren't willing to do this anymore. Right. Or it's, they cancel the line of credits that are out there. Right. And... So if you set it up, it's really for an, uh, an extension of your emergency reserve. So let's say you're in an industry that there's a lot of turnover. So tech sales, for example, a lot of people that are in sales in the tech industry, they jump from company to company, and three or four years later, they end up at the same company again. It's kind of right. like who's the hot shot for the year. So those type of people, rather than having six months' worth of emergency reserves, they need to have more like a year's worth of emergency reserves, but that's tough to get to for a lot of families. And when you're trying to get enough into your 401k to max the match, you've got kids, you've got... You know, other issues that you're dealing with to, to accumulate that much cash is tough. So I, I would look at it as an emergency reserve um, extension and only use it for an emergency. And again, you and I differ at times because like, I don't like home equity lines at all. Um, you borrow basically and hope a, a meteor doesn't hit your house. And sometimes meteors hit your house. You take out $50,000 and you know, there's an interest on it. Mm-hmm. So you have to you know, outperform that interest. Otherwise, you know, uh, it starts working against you pretty quickly. You assume no other crisis hits. Like you just brought up, like it's emergency money for some people, but sometimes emergencies hit back to back to back, and now you have nowhere left to go, and suddenly your home is being foreclosed on. So I'm not a big fan of home equity lines. I think we were taught by our parents, like, hey, tap the house when you need money. You know, get a, a refi, get a second mortgage, a third mortgage, things along those lines. Those rules, I don't think they apply today. I think they should be um, really frowned upon and, and feared. Yeah, it's it's you know, first it was tap the home equity line of credit to to buy tech stocks. You know, remember that? Oh, yeah, I do. <laughs> so that just nailed a lot of people. And then it was turn around and tap the equity line to put more into your home, which then fell in value. The only time I like people to take equity out of their home is if they're going to go use it to make another real estate investment. Okay. You know, where they can take enough money out to put 30% down on another property, have enough positive cash flow to pay both loans then that way it's, it's, it's a good overall deal if that family is prepared to do it, meaning you're maxing out your 401Ks, you've got years' worth of income saved up on the sideline in addition to your emergency reserves so you can deal with vacancies. The ugliest, one of the ugliest financial scams that I've seen out there is when people pull home equity out of their house to buy either stocks from somebody or an annuity or a life insurance product. That is one of the worst scams and the most heavily sold issues out there and I mean, there's videos all over youtube about it which is interesting that you bring that up because in our industry we can't use the word scam unless it truly is a scam i mean it's something that can get you sued but a lot of people are being sold you know an amazon bestseller and it's not a bestseller it's a guy who does a vanity press of his own book and calls it a bestseller because mm-hmm. it's tough to check those kind of things right. and some of them even get on on, on pbs and they're telling people to take money out of their home to put into a life insurance product. And it's a, a, a win-win. Like, I hate that. It drives me nuts. My, my problem with home equity lines of credit is 
people buying cars, buying stuff that they really shouldn't have bought right. because they're they're like, ooh, I got eighty thousand from the house, and I'm gonna go buy an eighty thousand dollar car when the lifestyle doesn't really make sense for buying an eighty thousand dollar car. Yeah, they use a an, a loan that has a variable interest rate to go out and buy depreciating assets, so you're compounding your your stupidity. I'm with you. That's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him online at chadburton.com. That's chadburton.com. Or find him at newfocusfinancial.com. With that said, uh, a couple other things that, you know, we always have to take a look at. You know, you sit there and you watch PBS and you think the guy's giving you good advice. No, he's just trying to build his business empire. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just not fair when it's not disclosed to you that it's really a business infomercial. Um, so be careful, please. It's one of the things I hate is that this industry has a lot of black eyes due to people who rip people off. You know, there is no easy answer to become a millionaire. You're not going to be a day trader. There's not someone who's going to do things perfectly all the time, even though they sound like they're going to do it perfectly all the time. It doesn't work that way. couple of quick thoughts. Uh, we have a hot, hot, hot microphone right now. I'm ready for you. Pick up the phone. Give me a call today. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Dow's up 144. NASDAQ's up 40. SP 500's up 17. I think it's pretty fair to say that the numbers and the employment numbers that we got today are a little bit surprising. The first employment report of 2012 has a lot of skepticism. It, it's, it's exaggerated strength of December report. It's transitioning into a very strong January. We know there's a lot of well-known seasonal issues surrounding data with the Bureau of Labor Statistics. At the turn of every year, investors probably take a two-month average of private job gains and compare this against a six-month average. A gain in the private sector employment near the six-month average. You kind of drag roughly 20,000 government workers, which would result in a total change. So you can move some of these numbers around, and retail hiring were quite large compared to sales to close out the month of December, creating the possible of outright job losses in that sector. Federal government spending on unemployment insurance declined from $159 billion in December 2010 to roughly $118 billion at the end of 2011. So the employment data is showing grim conditions, but they look better on a month-over-month basis. Keep in mind, sometimes this data is lumped together so that it takes in the seasonal hirings. You listen to Rob Black and Your Money, you can find me on YouTube, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. I do a little two- to three-minute money video of the day. It's great on your phone. You can find me at Twitter, Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show. You can find me here at KDOW every day from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. You're listening to AM 1220 Business Radio, KDOW. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW.
Now, one of the things I like doing on this show is trying to talk about things that you relate to. For instance, Super Bowl advertisers. We know that they're going to keep their commercials on a leash, as they always do. And what am I implying there? I'm implying exactly what you think I'm implying. Super Bowl commercials tend to have a lot of dogs in them. America loves dogs. Can't really say it better than that, because that's about as good as it gets. America loves dogs. With that said, we're going to see no cats. We're going to, you know, Volkswagen, Anheuser, Bush, Skechers, they're going to place dogs in Super Bowl ads. You can't go wrong with a dog. They're idealized versions of ourselves. The dogs aren't dogs. They're us. So VW's got one. Everyone's already seen this one. It's the big game Barker, so to speak. A three-year-old Australian Shepherd and St. Bernard mix that go on Jedi-like quest to be worthy to chase the new Beetle. Dogs are a universal force of good, much like the Volkswagen brand is. Skechers had a horrible, horrific Kim Kardashian racy Super Bowl spot. Out goes Kardashian. In comes the dogs. So we love dogs. Anheuser-Busch publicly traded. Volkswagen. The world of cars. We all understand the place in our economy, right? At one point in time, as my producers want to point out, we loved monkeys. But dogs are universally us. They're us. And we get that. Monkeys... We kind of relate to if a monkey can do it, anyone can do it. They all have different kind of rules. Now, one stock that I talk a lot about on this show is Apple. You know I do. I just got some notes from uh, Citigroup. They got a $600 price target on the company. I don't care. I don't know the guy at Apple. Uh, I'm sorry, at Citigroup who writes their reports. But, you know, some of the things that the report says, Tim Cook reiterated his view that rapid innovation on the operating system platform, the i operating system, will be significantly broad in the use of case for tablets, pushing annual tablet volumes above those of traditional PCs. We've wondered whether Apple might offer an ARM version-based MacBook Air at some point. They say they're just scratching the surface in China. You know, China grew from 2% of revenue in 2009 to 12% in 2011. So China's very, very important to Apple. Did you know that 12% of the revenue was from China? Apple does not have distribution agreements with the two largest carriers in China, so it can get bigger fast. TV content still very, very foggy for Apple. Worldwide leader in music retail, it enjoys a respectable position in motion pictures. Lack of TV content in that Apple continues to limit the company's presence in this market. You know, Tim Cook, he reiterated that the view of the costly cable bundles will unravel eventually as one or two key content providers decide to make their content available a la carte. So the messaging here hasn't changed for years. You know, Apple TV, Apple branded TV set, you know, would it graduate from hobby to focus? Unless they can get multiple carrier operators out there, multiple cable operators, it's going to be tough to make a complete case for Apple. I think some of the risks with Apple is, you know, historic volatility of earnings in the PC industry. Apple competes with a lot of software companies like Microsoft. They compete with some co- companies like Google. 
They compete with Samsung and Motorola. They have a lack of scale versus the Windows platform. Historically, they've had a lack of scale. What they've been benefiting from recently is the halo effect. You know, Apple's channel model forces the company to stock four to five weeks channel inventory versus Dell's zero weeks, which is a huge cost disadvantage. They're two very different companies. Apple gets 75 to 80% of their revenue from the consumer market. Yes, they're growing the enterprise market very aggressively. As finally our, our freaking fracking IT departments are letting us bring Apple products to work and, and they'll support them. A lot of mobile phones now incorporate digital music storage and playback capability, placing them in direct competition. So there are some you know, negatives to note about Apple. You cannot be a Pollyanna. Now, I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about, for just a second, two Apple commercials. One that was one of the greatest things of all time, and one of them that was, it basically got Steve Jobs fired. You don't remember that. Back in 1984, the Super Bowl ad that, that almost killed Apple, the iconic Apple Super Bowl ad that provides a benchmark against which all other spots are measured today, it opened the door for the next video. In 1984, Ridley Scott, he suited up some IT guys. We, we know the one where the guy comes in, a very Orwellian society throws the hammer. We know that one, but you forgot the one where the, the creepy guys are marching the IT guys with blindfolds, and they're, they're, they're going off the cliff like lemmings. The commercial is called Lemmings. And basically, if you're an Apple enthusiast, you love the commercial because you're like, all those Microsoft guys are lemmings. But the people who are buying the, com- the new computers, they're not the IT guys. The, the, the nerds already have it. So you don't make fun of your audience, the IT guys. You don't make fun of your audience and say, you're all going to die. You're all going over the cliff. <laughs> you can't make fun of the customers you're trying to reach. You know, after the 1984 ad aired, Apple sold 72,000 72, computers in 100 days, 50% more than anyone had projected. Wozniak was the biggest fan of that commercial. Steve Jobs didn't know. And he ultimately became enthusiastic of that commercial, the 1984 one. But the next year when they did Lemmings, it was just a massive disaster. Again, the 1984 one, board of directors didn't get it. Wozniak got it. Wozniak is, he needs a little bit of praise for that. But the Lemmings, uh, next thing you know, it didn't, t- it didn't say, come look at our product. It didn't say, come with us. It said, basically, if you're on that platform, you're going to die. You don't tell people the negatives about themselves. Anyone who knows good management, you build people up. You don't rip them down. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220. KEDOW. Listen up. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in, we'll chat, and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 
1220 KDOW. Good morning. And welcome into Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and much, much more. It is the end of the week. It is Aloha Friday. No work till Monday, Super Bowl Monday coming up. The Dow's up 128, up 1%. The Nasdaq's up 37, up 1.3%. The S&P 500 up 15, up 1.1%. Sitting at 1340. Stocks are jumping after the jobs growth surged. It was better than expected flat out. Now, we can look at some of these numbers and say, you know, historically, we know the Labor Department does some funny things during the holidays. We know that they'll lump together a couple of issues to make sure that it, it seems a little bit smoother. Without there, this was still a pretty good number. There's no way of hiding the jobs growth. Again, maybe we'll see some big cuts in retail coming down the road. Because we know that the consumer is a little tired, but we're also starting to see the consumer get a little bit more excited. Um, there's all sorts of stories that we could talk about on a day-by-day basis on Wall Street. Trying to hit the most relevant ones can sometimes be a little bit on the dull side. You know, for instance, parents snared in $100 billion U.S. college debt trap, risking retirement. I meet a lot of people. Last night I did a seminar in Pleasanton, and the people in Pleasanton are so different than people in San Carlos or Belmont or Palo Alto. They're crazy different. And what I'm trying to say is they're a little bit more colorful. They're a little bit more blue-collar versus white-collar. I see people who borrowed $10,000 30, 40 years ago to go to college. Now it's forty thousand to a hundred thousand. Forty thousand dollars is a lot of money. Hundred thousand dollars is a lot. That's a whole year of salary for some people, right? Two years for some people. So to send our kids to school, especially if we made decisions to be like at a nonprofit, to send our kids to school, it's we're gonna work till the day we die, or at least a lot of people are. That's discouraging. It's not just graduates who are staggering under the weight of educational loans. Parents. A plunge in home prices wiped out a lot of their equity. Federally backed education loans to parents, an estimated $100 billion, makes up 10% of the trillion dollar in educational loans. A lot of people think the next big bubble is going to be in, in student loans. You don't give a kid a, co- a job out of college, and what do we do? You, you, they don't pay back their loan. Trillion dollars. Unemployment drops to 8.3%. That's the big headline in the morning. Payrolls in the U.S. jumped 243,000. Orders in the U.S. Orders for factories in the U.S. rose. Services gauge in the U.S. rose to a 56.8 reading. Any number above 50 is growth. S&P 500 is having its fifth straight weekly increase. Ladies and gentlemen, go have some pie because this is a damn fine market. Bank of America, Caterpillar, FedEx, all up 1.5%, pacing gains amongst you know, companies most dependent on, on the economic growth. Um, some commodity plays like Alcoa and Occidental Petroleum higher. Tyson Foods up 5.5%. They beat expectations. You keep hearing about the drought that we had in Texas and the, the Oklahoma panhandle this year. It's pushing meat prices higher. Short-term, splendid. That's a lot of money that they can make. 
It's spectacular right now what we're seeing. This jobs number was very, very strong. Again, we will see some revisions to it. But it was a spectacular number. Gilead Sciences is in the news today. They're a big drug maker. They acquired Pharmacet last month for an experimental HP uh, Hep C, hepatitis C treatment. Said one of its therapies proved positive in trial results. Not exactly sure how you get hepatitis C, but I feel better like I can go get it now. And I know you're saying, don't be a jerk, don't be, don't say something stupid. I don't know how you get Hep C. Like, there's things that I know. Uh, money. Biology, anatomy, and that's about it. I have no clue who's going to win the Super Bowl this weekend. Oh, I'm really, really good at single-hand blackjack, single-deck blackjack. Not so good at uh, any other card game. I hate card games. Man, I hate card games. You know when the family pulls out card games, it's the holidays? Hey, everybody, let's sit around a table and play, you know, uh, butt smack. I hate card games. Brocade Communications, they're hired today. Blackstone Group, the world's largest private equity firm, they're studying a leveraged buyout of the company. Brocade's one of those companies that sells a lot of product, but it's just not that special. They make switches for data storage networks. So maybe a private equity firm will come in, kick out some management, bring in some management, kick out some employees, move a factory here or there. You get the idea. Uh, you know, an interesting story that I saw not too long ago, this, I'm an investor in Apple. I have no shame telling you that. One of the stories that I saw that was very, very interesting was that the number of apps, the people using apps, they're not using the apps on their phone, that they're ignoring the apps on their smartphones. Our love of apps, as it turns out, is fleeting. Faster data networks, fancier phones have stirred a lot of Americans, you know, that app software craze. And I can tell you that, you know, I played uh, Angry Birds, got three stars on all the levels, and I'm like, man, I don't need to play this again. 68% of smartphone owners open only five or fewer apps at least once a week. 42% of Americans have phones with apps. 17% of those Americans say they don't even use any apps. The novelty sort of wears off. But the ones with the staying power really, really, really do stick. For instance, I use Evernote every day. Android phone users spend about 90 minutes a day on their phone. That's a stunning statistic. I just read that and now I digested it. Android phone users spend 90 minutes a day on their phone. About two-thirds of that on apps. We see a very familiar behavior with iPhone users. An app that's retained by 30% of downloaders is considered sticky. We're constantly deleting them. You know, a couple weeks ago, I had some time on my hands at an airport, and I downloaded 20 or 30 media apps, of which one of them stayed. Because apps differ like golden clay. And I got app burnout. I know you're saying, I think they make penicillin for that. They do. They do. But I don't need you to tell me that. So are we done talking about Facebook for a couple days? Or do I have to go back to that already? 
Facebook's board of directors have no women on it. Is that a reflection of reality? Because every woman I know is on Facebook. Oh. The message out of Iran this morning was, our, our nuclear program is 100% peaceful and for energy. And if you don't believe us, we'll bomb you. So Iran's eventually going to come to, and I, I didn't finish this point last hour, and I need to finish it now. Iran is officially going to come to a bubble at some point in time ahead. It's going to be very, very bad for the markets for a short period of time. Iran cannot continue down the road that they're on. Hopefully, the students of that country wake up and take out management, take out power at some point. So that it doesn't have to be Israel or the United States or the UN. <laughs> the UN sanctions. They work real well. You listen to Rob Black for your money. I'm Rob Black talking to all things financial money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. Pick up the phone, 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220, AM 1220, KDOW. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. So this Saturday, from 11 to 5, you can get in the San Jose Museum of Art free of charge. It's one of those community days. I like the San Jose Museum of Art. I think it's kind of cool. I prefer my modern art to be unfounded. I don't really need to know who the best is. I kind of want to experiment with it and see what's out there. There is some investment opportunities in modern art. Not by going to the San Francisco Museum of Modern Art, but by going to San Jose, the one that lives in the shadow of the bigger boy, the one that has to take a chance with a new artist. For instance, I really dig the art of someone named Camille Rose Garcia. I don't think that she's going to be the next Andy Warhol, but I do think there's a lot of value in some pretty cheap cost prints, uh, some pretty cheap cost paintings as well. I mean, you can get her paintings. You don't have to go with a print. So the Dow's up 139 right now. The Nasdaq's up 41, and the S&P 500 up 16. Joining me now on Rob Black and Your Money, CFP Chad Burton. He is a financial planner. You've heard him here through the years. He's excellent at what he does. Chad, let's talk about um, you know, tax-efficient investing. It's This has got to be a boring topic for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, it is a bit of a boring topic, but really why it should be kind of in your forefront is you start accumulating assets, especially once you get past the idea of you know, I, I'm maxing out my 401k, now what? Right. The average investor that has money outside of their 401k loses 15 to 30% of the return each year in taxes. So if your average is 10, you might be down at all the way down at 7% as your after-tax equivalent return. 
because of if capital gains taxes, capital income. gains taxes, income. It's really putting the wrong assets in the wrong place. So okay. you've got to first sit down and do your asset allocation, which determines how much you have in large cap, mid cap, small cap, international, you know, emerging markets, commodities, bonds, REITs, things like that. And then you've got different areas on where you can put those assets. You've got your 401k. You've got your taxable accounts. You've got your Roth IRA. So you've got to determine which assets are the best. So, you know, long story short, if, if you're living off of your portfolio, it doesn't matter as much. But when you're building the wealth, that's when it really matters because you don't, you, don't you don't want to pay taxes on income that you're not using right now, right? Sure. Okay. So if you're trying to build a portfolio and you've determined your asset allocation, let's start with what should go in your taxable accounts. Okay. Okay. If you're the person that likes mutual funds, managed mutual funds, and ETFs, then what should go in your taxable accounts would be more of your large cap oriented ETFs or total stock market return types of funds, index funds, and mid cap can be in there as well. But where you're going to concentrate on your small cap emerging markets and sometimes international holdings and especially REITs and bonds would be in your 401k, which means that your 401k is going to be slightly more conservative because of the bond allocation than your taxable accounts. But that's okay because bonds pay interest. And if you're working, you don't need the income. You want the interest to accumulate tax deferred inside your retirement accounts. A lot of people, you know, they start getting into the nitty gritty. And the nitty gritty here, Chad, could be like tech stocks, i.e. growth stocks, Mm -hmm. where you might sell it after it's doubled or tripled or done, you know, whatever dream that you wanted it to do. You don't want to be a, create a taxable event, so you'd throw that in a 403B or, you know, a a tax-efficient vehicle. But... Ultimately, if you're up 100%, do you really care? Like, why not pay some taxes? Or am, am I, at this point in time, just being stupid? No, I mean, you're still enjoying right now. We're enjoying the lowest tax structure that I've seen in the 19-plus years that I've been in the business. I mean, when I got in the business, capital gains were 27%. 2012, they're 15%. 2013, they go up to 20%, if not higher. It's, that's The dividend in capital gains taxes, the, the taxes that are really under going to be under attack, which means this is all the more reason for it. For example, small-cap funds, the successful ones, they have turnover ratios of over 100%, meaning very seldom does the stock stay in the portfolio for the full year. So you have a trading event or a taxable event. So you can look at a fund. You can go to Morningstar.com, and you can look at the potential capital gains exposure. In other words, are there a lot of stocks in there that if they sell them after you buy, are you going to inherit a capital gains problem? Um, or turnover ratios. So again, the higher turnover ratio funds, the higher dividend-paying funds, those go in your retirement accounts. Whereas the stuff that you go for the long run on, you know, three to five year types of holds, large cap, mid cap, that goes in your taxable accounts. There's a little bit of a science to it, but let's talk about the losses because that's also part of tax efficient, not just the gains you don't want to pay tax on, but you can actually harvest losses. And I I love that phrase harvest because it sounds ghoulish, but uh, it's kind of a, let's talk harvesting losses. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's super important because most people, when they get into retirement, they end up with real estate business, stocks, all of which, if they sell, you pay capital gains. So, you know, people go through a big correction like in the 2000s or the 2007, they accumulate losses and they forget about accumulating even more. You can build up a a bank account essentially with the IRS. So every year, um, at least in around, you know, August, September is when I like to do it, is you go through your portfolio and say, have I bought anything that is showing a loss in my taxable accounts? And if it is, what I typically do is I'll sell it and I'll buy an index fund that matches it or an ETF that matches it. 
for 30, 31 days, and then I'll turn around and buy the stock back if I like it or the fund back if I like it. That way I've harvested a loss with the IRS. You can use 3000 a year against your ordinary income. If you don't have any losses or gains this year to offset, those losses get carried forward indefinitely until you need them. And you're going to need them someday, so harvest those. It's a bank account with the IRS. Um, and even people that bought variable annuities and taxable accounts and you know, maybe at the height of 2000 or at the height in 2007, there's ways to even write off some of those losses as a miscellaneous itemized deduction. So really talk to your CPAs about getting out of those bad deals if, if you're that type of an investor. That's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. I'm Rob Black. You can find me at Twitter Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show. Never, ever, never be shy. Um, you and I have to work on this together. We're in this together. We're, we're trying to get to retirement. That's my goal. And on a day-by-day basis, I'm trying to make this financial stuff more entertaining to you. You know some of the jobs that Obama has killed during his tenure? Terrorism. I know. That, that's not very funny. The whole, um, and i got to bring this up one more time, the whole... Mitt Romney comment on the poor. It's great. It, it's just fantastic the way media launch, launches just just grasp onto something. We we latch on it. We don't let go. Republican presidential candidate Mitt Romney's statement: "The very poor don't concern them." Comes at a time when the portion of Americans living in deep poverty is the highest in more than a generation, while assistance varies widely and oftentimes it's inadequate. Social Security is going to be inadequate for you. So. Listen up. If you have nothing saved other than your paycheck, if you got nothing saved, you're going to fall through the cracks. And you're going to find life very difficult at some point. Not today, but down the road. Chad's got that new 357 retirement plan. I got a 357 Magnum retirement plan where if you don't save enough, blam. No, no. Take it into a bank, wave it around, and go to prison. A lot of prisoners live better than our senior citizens do. That's tragic. That's tragic. AM 1220, KDOW. AM 1220, KDOW traffic. Call Rob Black now, 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm going to let this stretch for a second. So that's Madam Kim. It's called Block After Block. It's, I, I think it's a song that makes you, like, move your butt. Like, 
if it doesn't, there's something wrong with you. Now, again, I'm not talking to the Frank Sinatras out there, but the Frank Sinatras out there, you're not important to radio demographics anymore because you don't spend money. Matt and Kim are a dance punk duo. Now, how can you not love that phrase? I didn't have dance punk duos when I was growing up, and now there's dance punk duos. The group was formed in 2005. It's composed of Matt Johnson and Kim Shafino. She does drums and vocals, and a chick that can play drums is, she's hot. I love women who can play music and who can rock. Um, they released their first album in 2006. You know, I'll, I'll admit it. I'll admit it, I, uh, I'm a little bit of a Fairweather fan on a lot of levels. So, uh, I like the hits. So, that's Matt and Kim, Block After Block. And I highly recommend... Uh, check it out. So, uh, you may not like, but if you didn't shake your butt there, I think there's something on you, not on me. And I don't think they're a couple. So, I don't know enough. On occasion, I like saying, I don't know. It humanizes me, eh? So, good website for you. It's called Kiplinger. Ticker symbol is KIP. Ticker symbol. Web site is K-I-P-L-I-N-G-E-R. And they do a lot of articles on the simple stuff. You know, ditch expensive airline credit cards. What you need, driver's license, credit card, bank account numbers. Get rid of anything with annual fees. A lot of airline-specific cards run as high as 95 bucks a year. You don't need that. Um, another thing you can do is take a look at your interest rates on your plastic and try to consolidate them. There's a good website out there called lowcards.com, lowcards.com. And find out your credit score and, and try to search for the best card out there. The difference, if you have $5,000 in credit at 7.25% or $5,000 credit at 14.1, that's an extra 350 bucks in your pocket. Which, again, if you save 350 bucks a month, if you can find that 12 times, you're going to be a multimillionaire when you retire. You need to set up bank alerts to have, avoid fraud and unexpected fees. One thing that I've done, because I basically have all the credit in the world that I need, I've contacted Experian and TransUnion, the credit bureaus, and said, don't open any credit cards unless you call my number. It's 415-HOT-HOT. It's not really 415-HOT-HOT. Don't, don't call that number and do not harass that number. I had a fantasy when I was a kid I was going to get that 800 number. No, 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 no. Excuse me. I had a fantasy as a kid is what I meant to say. So... You can stop bad stuff from happening to you, but it takes time. Get off your butt. Get a, get a web thing. Uh, there's an app out there called uh, Evernote. It's cool. You can talk to your phone and say, Rob Black just said, fix my credit, and it'll email it to your house. Um, it's a little bit more than that. It's one of the coolest apps, though, and it's beautiful, which is what I like about it. Install a, a water-saving showerhead. If you have a, a wrench and a pair of pliers, you too can do this. You might need a little bit of plumber's tape. That's something that a lot of people don't know about. My uh, Italian friend Mario does all my plumbing. Uh, careful on you know, some of those um, what are called energy vampires. So what you want to get is a Belkin Conservative Smart Strip, a surge protector. 
it shuts off components like gaming consoles and receivers and speakers when you turn off your TV monitor. So simply plug the TV monitor into a green master outlet, and when you turn the TV off, the strip cuts power to the other peripherals. So your set-top box drains power aggressively. When I go on vacation, and this is just showing how cheap I am, I turn my water heater to low, almost off, and I unplug every appliance in the house. Now, I tell Sugar Booger, I go, Sugar Booger, I'm unplugging everything because we don't want the house to burn down and come home to nothing. Embers. But really, I'm just being cheap. I know you're saying Sugar Booger. Really? Let's go to Ron in Oakland. Ron? Hey, Ross. Hi. Hey, um, got a question about Qualcomm. Okay. Um, at these prices, will you add on this position? Okay, so you know that I've liked it in the past, right? Well, I have it for a long time myself, so, but, you okay. know, it's they, been, been really rising the last few years. Yeah, I'm not actually allowed to talk about Qualcomm today, okay. which, may, which may mean I'm buying more or it may mean that I'm selling. I'm legally not allowed to talk about it till Tuesday. Oh, understood. Understood. Um, I didn't know you like it in the past. All I hear is you talk about Apple all the time. Yeah, Qualcomm, and I, I, again, I'm not recommending or telling mm. you to sell at this point in time, but I'll give you a little background on Qualcomm and others. It's a poor man's play on Apple mm. because with all the iPads, they got Qualcomm chips in them. Mm. Uh, Qualcomm is a well-run company based out of San Diego, San Diego. As you probably know, mm-hmm. uh, stands for well, whale something. Um, a lot of people think it was St. Diego, but it, it wasn't. Cell phone makers, wireless carriers, and uh, governments, you know, use the chips for quality conversations. The conversation we're having right now is facilitated, thank you, to Qualcomm. Um, it's a well-run company with great earnings, with great uh, management. Mm. Uh, taking a look at the valuation, and thanks for the call. It's trading at 24 times this year's, and it's had a big run. It's gone from about 45 to 65 recently, 62 recently. Um, trading at 14 times next year's earnings. So you pull up something like an Apple. Now, that's an unfair comparison because one's a hardware company and one's a software. Uh, one's a, not a software company, but a semiconductor company. So you start taking a look at some of the statistics. And, you know, Apple's trading at 10 times next year's earnings. So on one hand, you could say Apple's cheaper, but then again, Apple really relies on the consumer. Qualcomm's more diversified. Uh, so if you want to compare Qualcomm to someone, maybe compare them a little bit more to Intel, semiconductor company with a semiconductor company. Maybe you would compare them with uh, an NVIDIA, ticker symbol NVDA, NVDA. Uh, you know, NVIDIA, Intel's got a 3.2% dividend yield. Uh, whereas Qualcomm, let me check real quick what their yield is. Nothing at this point in time. Whoops, hold on. Pulled up the wrong one. Pull up Apple. Qualcomm's got a 1.4. So Intel has a much better dividend yield. And again, taking a look at the valuations of where they're trading at next year's. You don't really care about this year's. Intel to me looks cheap. It's trading 11 times this year's, 10 times next year's, and it has a better dividend. So maybe I would say, okay, Qualcomm's got better growth. Intel's got more value. I'm not telling you how to buy stocks. I own shares of Intel. I'm doing something with Qualcomm right now, so I can't tell you if I'm buying or selling. With that said, I'll tell you on Tuesday if you want to call back. 
Um, what else do I have for you as far as that conversation? Oh, I, I think what I tried to show you is that you need to compare stocks. So that was Ron in Oakland. Ron, it was good. nice talking to you. So uh, hopefully we can have a beer one day. That's my goal. I want to have a beer with all of you. You could pay for your beer, but I want to have a beer with all of you. That's my goal. I know you're saying your lofty goal. Jobs increased that we saw today. Unemployment rate drops to 8.3%. We need to have that continue. We want to get down to 6.5%, unemployment. I'd love 6%. 5% is too low, 4% is too low. So we're moving in the right direction, which is really a good sign. It was a damn fine number. Remember on Twin Peaks, Coop would say, damn fine cup of joe. The payroll jumps, nice. Gilead is rising on a hepatitis C trial results. Here's some GILD. They acquired a company last month called Pharmacet for that experimental hep C drug. Stocks rising 10%. Patients with genotype 1 hep C, which is the most common in North America, had no detectable signs of the virus after four weeks on the drug. That's huge. Um, they've cured all patients with genotype 2 and genotype 3, and now genotype 1. So we're that close, it looks like, to being able to wipe out hep C. The company is uh, Merck, Vertex, Bristol-Myers. They're all striving to develop new classes of oral cures for hep C to replace older ones that require injections. Bristol-Myers last month agreed to spend about $2.5 billion by Inhibix for its experimental hep C therapies. Who knew hep C was so popular? I didn't. Did you know I'm popular on Facebook and YouTube? Facebook is my group page is I Hate Rob Black. I know you're saying you're so popular you have your own page. Uh-huh. I hate Rob Black. So you go to group and uh, type in I hate Rob Black and you'll find it. And you can sign up for free. And you'll see all my updates right there. So in case I ever get the old heave-ho, I'm right there. Plus, I've got a YouTube channel called Rob Black Show. YouTube channel, Rob Black Show. Twitter channel, Rob Black Show. Twitter channel, Rob Black Show. Down the road, I'm going to have a new website. Guess what it's going to be called? Rob Black Show. We're going to take a little bit of a break. We'll come back to wrap up the show, to wrap up the week. It is Aloha Friday. It is Super Bowl weekend. I love you. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I just got an email from Adam, and basically he's from St. Louis, and he talked about having a hot girlfriend last week when he sent me an email. Which, hey, I like hot girlfriends. We all do. <laughs> I mean, I kind of like that he, he brags about it. Like, I wish I was in the position, like, don't you? Like, this is my good-looking kid. This is my hot wife. She's uh, very good to me. She cooks for me nice gourmet food. This is my hot girl. For, like, it's a weird thing to say out loud. 
anyway, um, so he's from St. Louis, and he's been researching the differences between Roth IRAs and IRAs for himself as a young investor. He wants to know what I would recommend. Also, if the company matches 3% of my 403B, should I just invest in that, hit the max match? Yeah. Um, absolutely. I, see, I prefer the 401K or the 403B or the 457. They're all basically the same idea. I prefer to start that direction in large part because you're not paying any federal tax. You're not paying any federal income tax. The money grows tax deferred. It comes out later in life at your taxable bracket, which we all are different. So it's tough to answer for Adam. Is he going to be a big spender in retirement? Is he going to be thrifty? Is he going to be a shut-in? Is he going to be a travel guy? Like, if you do a lot of travel, like, I'm buying an RV when I retire. I'm touring America. I'm going to go on a tour of gloom and doom. I'm going to go see all my friends get buried. I'm going to have a concert shirt uh, made up of all my friends' names, and I'm going to slowly cross them off one by one in retirement. It's on my bucket list. Um, and I want to be the last one standing. I don't think I'm going to be the last one standing. I drink too much butter. I had a butter milkshake this morning. And you're saying butter milkshake. Yeah, it was just made of butter. <laughs> Bacon. So there's no right answers. Um, if you think you're going to be wealthy, you want to have some money in a Roth. If you think you're going to be doing big ticket purchases, you're going to want some money in a Roth. Do you see what I'm going at? Are you with me? Because remember, if you're not with me, you are against me. Facebook IPO. There was an article in the Mountain View Patch. I know you're saying, what the heck is the Mountain View Patch? Well, there's some online media companies, and they, maybe even they have a, a, a real print version. I don't know. But there was an article about Facebook's IPO could mean higher real estate for Mountain View. One of the ways that you could play Facebook is to buy real estate in Mountain View. Hopefully you bought it a couple years ago. But the idea there is that $5 billion in initial public offering ultimately is going to create a company with about $100 billion, and you're going to have kids driving Ferraris. And when I say kids, the, the people that have worked their, their butts off, some of them not kids. There's ups and downs in all markets, but when you get someone who wants to work close to work, like I drive by Google's, uh, I drive by Facebook's headquarters every morning, and they got a dumb, stupid thumb outside the, the company. It's the like thumb button. I still don't get that. Anyway, um, I don't have anything else. Just uh, the Mountain View patch is saying we could see higher prices in real estate. I've been saying that for a while, right? Not like I, I need the love, but I kind of need the love. Economy added 243,000 jobs in January. Jobless rate fell to 8.3%. That's a good number. That's the first good number surprisingly stronger than expected. Now, again, I hope these numbers weren't manipulated, which can happen. President Obama is talking about jobs in the economy this morning. He is taking this headline and running with it. His quote, economy is going stronger, recovery speeding up. So stocks are jumping on that news. Romney's very poor comment. He was looking really presidential, and that was just a stupid thing to say. Uh, but again, we live in 24-7, 365 microphone world, right? The Dow's up 145, up 1.1%. 1 .1%, NASDAQ's up 43, up 1.5%. The S&P 500's up 17, up 1.3%. We're on our fifth 
fifth straight week of gains this year. That's not too shabby. The Dow is hitting its highest level since 2008 on the jobs report. We're sitting at 12,850. Some people like big round numbers. I cannot lie. I don't like big round numbers. I don't care. I'm a couple years away from retirement. I don't need that instant gratification. Oil's rising for the first time in six days as U.S. unemployment rate declined. Some fundamental reasons stocks are headed even higher, in my opinion. Very, very low valuations right now. And I I think that's being uh, forgotten. So we got advancing corporate profits. We have broadening manufacturing in the United States. We've got a consumer that we're seeing consumer numbers look a little bit better. There's a little bit of a game changer as unemployment comes down. And developing economies. Whether you like it or not, the world continues to make babies. And as we make babies, we're basically making consumers. We may not be making the jobs to support those consumers, but we're making consumers. So until we, we come up with a cure for babies, and if you take a look at the economic GDP numbers out of the rest of the world, the United States is not 50% of the world. The United States is not 75% of the world. We are a minority compared to the rest of the world. So double-digit economic growth going on in China, India, Brazil, and a lot of U.S. corporations are going to take advantage of that. I'm going to do the very best I can to have a good weekend. I hope you do as well. Enjoy the Super Bowl, whether you like football or not. Get together with some family and some loved ones and um, break some bread and uh, take a little time off. And uh, it's a national holiday to me. It's kind of like July 4th. It's kind of like Christmas. It's kind of like Thanksgiving. It's a day that's meant to be spent with loved ones. And that's where I stand. I think eventually if I am president of the United States, I'll make it a national holiday for us. Find me at YouTube. I do a, a new daily fresh video every day under the channel Rob Black Show, Rob Black Show. You could do me a favor by signing up for uh, subscribing. It's free. Rob Black Show at YouTube. Twitter, Rob Black Show. Twitter, Rob Black Show. And Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black. It's Aloha Friday. No work till Monday on AM 1220. KDOW. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 